Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello there. Welcome to the Naked Professors podcast with myself, Matt Johnson and Ben Bidwell. Uh, ben, how are you today? I'm great because I just had an amazing conversation. Uh, I, I have to say, everybody, our guest today is the wonderful Bryony Gordon, writer, journalist, uh, extraordinaire, um, a marathon runner and, and a wonderful ambassador for um, uh, raising awareness for mental health. I, I genuinely haven't laughed that much for a very long time. She's hilarious. Just sit back and feed her and let her go, isn't it? Really, yeah. she was amazing. I, I, yeah, she was fascinating. But she's, it's her brutal honesty and her really not give a shit. She's yeah. like, here I am, everybody. Check this out. This is me. I'm mad. All sorts of stuff's gone on, but I really don't care. I'm embracing all of it. It's all part of my journey. This is me, everyone. And it's, she said it herself how liberating it is for her. And you can feel it and you can see it in her. She lives, doesn't she? Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's there's an energy about her, yeah. and there's there's this uh, as she says, it's a she feels powerful in her vulnerability and and this strength in that, and she she feels. I think she's on her A game. She's going through. She's been sober eighteen months, as you'll find out, and I just. There's something special about her, yeah, and I think is. she's going to go far or do all the things or whatever it is, but I can see why people are starting to follow and people are starting to listen to her. Yeah, she's a very special person, isn't she? I think it's the liberation that she gives herself in Here's Me. Yeah. When, I think for all of us, it's a great lesson for all of us, listen to Bryony, because when you give yourself that liberty of just, hey guys, I'm not for everybody, but this is me and, and I'm going to embrace and love who I am. Then there's, you know, you become very something very special, and Bryony's going to hate me for saying it, but authentic. She is a true authentic <laughs> self, ladies and gents. Miss Bryony Gordon, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, how are you, Bryony? I'm coming. You've both got headphones on, and I'm refusing <laughs> to put mine on. Why, you because rebel? I feel I just like what we don't need them. We're not going. Are you going to like play tunes? Or are we going to call? To be are honest, going to call up. <laughs> to be honest, you're you're possibly more used to this than we are because when we get in here, we really look forward to hearing our voices sound it's so crisp. And, it's so crisp. I love it. I feel like I could I'd like do the the voiceover for movie trailers. <laughs> but you do have Coming a lovely soon. voice. Oh, thank you. Um, but I don't like listening to my own voice. Okay. Should we take our headphones? I might take it off just to see what it's like. Sometimes also, I do take them off. Here's a trick. Like a podcast, I feel when I'm interviewing someone, I want them to feel as much as possible that it's like we're sitting in the living room and having a natter, even though they're not obviously not stupid. They can see that we're not in a yeah. living room. We're in a fucking... Can I swear? Yes, you can. We're in a studio have. and there's a massive microphone in our face. But the less kind of props and... Do you know what I mean? Like, Completely. I feel like... <laughs> I can... Tr- turn some, on, hey, just turn I the can, lights down. I can hoodwink <laughs> yes. them into thinking that, we're, you know, that they're drunk in a club and they're going to tell me their greatest secrets. And, and now you're falling for your own tricks and you're creating this atmosphere for us. Yeah, Sorry. I feel Thank so you. relaxed. But also yeah. you're on yeah. your... You're, it's like, I feel like your mum. Like, <laughs> take your headphones off. It's not authentic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in the studio, we're broadcasters, I'm a professional broadcaster, I can just get on with it. Absolutely. Yeah, I can just pretend I'm somewhere relaxed. Now, actually, on the, I, I'm going to make this serious straight away, oh. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, Ben. But you jogged me, Bryony, you jogged me because <laughs> yeah. you're one of my mum's favourite people. Oh, thanks. And she, so what What I said today, I'm sorry not to put you on spot make you feel awkward, but this is, I did want to say this to you at the beginning, because on my way today, I felt so proud coming here today. To, to have to do this podcast with you because I know my mum is sitting at home thinking of her son 
sitting in the studio doing this with you. She she really is a huge fan of you and your mum. So can, <laughs> she she loves your mum too. She does. No, no, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I do want oh, I do want you to know that this is a lovely moment to yeah. sit down and do this. Mum's been talking about you for a long time, so to, to have you here and to 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 hopefully get you to say some things that my mum's never heard before and see your whole new light is a Aww, wonderful opportunity. What's your mum's name? She's called Liz. Hi, Liz. Oh, there you go. Oh, you made a day. It's your mum. So yeah, I, like, mums. I, I have a lot of, like, a lot of mums in my, like, uh, mums and grandparents. They seem to like me because I write for the Telegraph. Yeah, well, we've all, we grew up with the Telegraph. <laughs> and no one under the age of 60 reads the Telegraph. No. I shouldn't say that. I, could, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> we cut that, don't we? They basically pay my... I've read it. I'm no, I know, but I, like, I feel also... I feel safe with older people, but like also older understanding people, not the ones that shriek at you for, you know... There. Yeah, the sea bomb. Well, I think we'll talk about that actually. Yeah, because you put yourself out there. Social media is a minefield at times. What? 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 You must get a positive reaction most of the time. Mm. What about the negative ones? <laughs> how can you? How do you deal with it? Because I, I certainly can't. Do, no, do, but you, the thing do you get much negativity? I don't Because you wear your heart so much on your sleeve. It's almost to bring it on. Like this is me, and I don't really well, care. Like, what can you say? I've yeah. said yeah, it all already exactly. to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I don't like. I don't. I mostly get nice. You also get the odd thing. Ninety-nine percent of the response I get is positive, but I will focus. 99% of the time on the 1% that's negative. Yes. So like on Sunday I posted up this picture of Instagram on my and I was like in my underwear <coughs> saying I'd put on some weight and I immediately started to justify it in my head like oh you've been stressed you've been writing a book da, 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 da. and then I was like how in a fucking second I don't need to justify putting on weight and just me like I have to inhabit this body fuck it like and I put it up and then obviously because I was like oh this is a good thought I've had uh, and all these women were like, yeah, woo. And then there was this one woman who was like, I don't get what the point of this picture is. You're just celebrating the fact that you are unhealthy and you're as bad as skinny bitch. She used the word bitches. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway. Um, and I was like, well, the point of it is that, anyway, I, I then go into this head spin. And so before 8am on Monday morning, I have had this huge argument with this stranger. Yeah. But not, like, not even properly. Like, I've just had it in my head. Like, yeah. all the sassy things I'm going to say to her. And then <laughs> I was like, I think maybe I need to take some time or just delete it. I just delete just it all off. block. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think blocking gives them a sense of satisfaction. Like, but you do. I do get like Instagram particularly. I I like to make a positive place. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to post any pictures of me with like filters on and making me look like I don't have any pores on my skin or because you know like I'm not. I don't want to look like one of. Well, I couldn't if I tried. But. Um, I also want it to be like a warm place. So if someone starts like bitching in the comments, I'm like, I'll just delete you. And they'll come back and I'll be like, I'm just going to delete you again. Yeah. I don't, I just, I'm like, no, I haven't got any time for that. Yeah, no. well, nobody's got any time for that type of stuff. No. I, I personally experienced it really recently. I did this campaign for Twitter to try and keep the internet a safe place. Um, just saying, you know, if somebody's been abusive and offensive and is really affecting you, Block them. Just get it out of your life. You know, just simply think, you don't have to do it. Just that's my advice. Just block it. Get it out of your way. Mm. The amount of abuse I had <laughs> was was astonishing. Like mm. it, the video got like 1.2 million views, but I'm sure that most of it, that was people <laughs> calling me a snowflake. You know, how dare you take away our freedom of speech? I'm not taking it away. You can say whatever you want. I just got to have the right just, not to listen, mate. I'm just asking you not to be an asshole. Yeah. It's different. The freedom of speech thing. It's like, I wouldn't... Like I, 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 we were talking about this earlier. The whole snowflake tag. Like, if the worst thing you can say about a generation is that they're kind of kind and sensitive, I think we're probably in pretty good hands. And you know, all of this that oh, being abused, being shouted at, being bullied didn't do me any harm. I'm like, well, it may not have done you any harm. That in itself is debatable. But it, you're not. You know, you are not representative of the entire population. It did. Lots of people, many, 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 you know, a huge amount of harm. Mm. You know, mental illness is not a new thing. It's not, you know, we talk about an epidemic of mental illness now. Yeah. And I understand that the pressures are different. And I do see, you know, we know that suicide rates have gone up in the young. And it's really, that's really fucking worrying. But I think when these other people from different generation, older people, 
um, come out and then say that it's all because the young are sensitive. I'm like, no, dude, people have been suffering from this since the year dot, but they've yes. just not been able to talk about it. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are coming out and saying they need to be more, we need to be more resilient. We mm. didn't have depression back in my day. And, you did? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're like worse, like hor- horrifically. Yeah, and mm. also suicides didn't get reported because it was like, we can't say that's a suicide. Yes. Mm. You know, suicide was a crime until 1961. Unbelievable. Was a crime. So, which is why Didn't we try. You know we try. This is why I did a campaign with an amazing MP called Luciana Berger. I know the words "amazing" and "MP" are not used too often together, <laughs> but she is really fantastic. She's so passionate about mental health, and we did a sort of a bit of a campaign last September for World Suicide Prevention Day, where we wrote to like all the media outlets to ask if they would stop using the term "committed suicide." And people go, "Oh, it's just a term," but the problem is, is it harks back to a time when it was illegal and it was a crime, you know? Mm. And when you kind of describe it in such a way, people think that the thoughts are sinful and they're less likely to talk about them. And if you're less likely to talk about the suicidal thoughts, you're more likely to act on them. So there's there's so much stuff going, you know, this stuff is, this stuff is, is, you know, people have been killing, you know, have been dying by suicide for Sadly, tragically, for you know, that's, again, since the year that's dot. the thing. It, it's serious. Like we, I, I, there's a, uh, a person in the news all the time that talks about suicide and and like throws it away and, and uses words like um, need, people need to be more resilient. You can mm. kind of anxiety is a new fashionable fad, mm-hmm. uh, which really gets on my nerves to be honest. Because then that attaches the stigma that's already attached to it, making people not want to talk about it. And words, as we talk about all the time, Ben, words are so important. I mean, I'm learning this even more now these days, because especially with this podcast, words are incredibly important. As a journalist, you know this. Well, you know, you know, we all know, we all know anxiety. You know, when you're in the grips of anxiety, there's something doesn't feel very fashionable. It's not like buying a new pair of fucking shoes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would much rather not be gripped with anxiety from time to time. I would much rather not have last year spent three months in a deep depression and, you know what I mean, and felt suicidal. I would much rather not have done the... When when we talk about resilience, to me, I have become more resilient the more vulnerable I've allowed myself to be and the more I've opened up. And you know how there's that kind of notion that therapy and doing work on yourself. I don't know why I just put on the shittest American accent. Was it American? It was. (laughs) 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 But it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like self-indulgent. I'm like, no, the most self-indulgent thing you can do is ignore, and you're a life coach, is ignore this stuff. And there's something amazing I've learned. You know, I've been to rehab. I go to therapy. I go to AA. I I know I, I take myself off to strange retreats in the middle of nowhere and I'm not allowed to phone for a week and but it makes me I think a much more productive helpful person I am literally able to be of service to more people the more I look at my mental health do you see what I mean because I think 100%. this is a, a huge I'm so passionate about this but mm. there's still the stigma that that trying to improve your mind means there's something wrong with you mm. and it's crazy when we look at where we're at with the physical body you mm. know in terms of you're chiseling six packs and you're just doing that extra little bit <laughs> you may be chiseling your six pack people are still people are in great shape and they're still going to the gym right they're still trying to improve themselves physically but mentally, if you're trying to work on your mind, and your mind mm. is something that can definitely be worked on, just like your body, mm. it's the, you're still stigmatized that there's something, why are you working with a coach? What's wrong with you? And mm. actually, it's the most liberating and incredible journey, that was yeah. an early one, that we can go on, if you're working on your mind and becoming a better person and maximizing your value. I, I love the quote that, um, I don't know if I said this last time, but we're, we're um, fixated with upgrading our mobile phones, mm-hmm. but we never want to upgrade our own internal operating system. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like, and if you do, there's something we wrong should. with you. We should. Every three months, we should like Absolutely. have a like, reboot. Yeah. yeah. Get on one of your retreats I or feel, go and do... You well, don't... You, I, you yeah. don't see, see uh, why are you going to, why are you going for physical therapy on your calf just before a marathon? <laughs> you don't yeah. question it. It just no. makes sense. Mm. I'm preparing for a big event. You know, so, if, for example, I did it recently last year. I had a very big and busy work schedule. And I wanted to have some hypnotherapy because I just wanted to be the best person I could in that environment for myself. Somebody asked me what I was doing in the afternoon. I went, oh, I've, just, I've got to go to the gym. And then I've got to go to therapy. Mm. My friend leapt across the room and went, whoa, 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 shh. What do you mean, therapy? Keep it down. You okay? Yeah. What's wrong? I mean, nothing's wrong. And mm. even on social media, when I say, oh, I meditated earlier, what's wrong? Is everything okay, babe? <laughs> 
He's like, everything's fine. Everything's like, fine. Now it's not. Because I meditate. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I feel really lucky that I, in a way, that I have had, like, a, 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 that I am an alcoholic in recovery. Um, because while some of the stuff that happened was really gross <laughs> and you know and no one's like oh, and I, I certainly when I was like younger I was like oh I really want to be going to like AA meetings and sitting and saying I'm Bryony and it's I'm cool and trendy like no that was not what I wanted <laughs> to not, do not at all but I'm really grateful for it because it's like a program that I can do like a little program I can do every day if I choose mm. like and I can just disappear off into a room in a church in central London you know and they're all over the place for an hour and sit quietly and listen to other people and in a way meditate for an hour and that I feel quite fortunate that I found that because it's really helped me and and I sort of go out and I remember someone saying you give it an hour a day and it'll give you 23 back you know mm. and um, so I feel quite fortunate that i've had to i've been forced in a way to explore this stuff it almost comes up every podcast we do that people talk about actually the challenge they've had the biggest challenge how grateful they are now Mm. because it took them to the place of doing work and becoming a better version of themselves yeah also rock bottom like we hear about rock bottoms and you think oh god but the the great thing about a rock bottom if anyone right now is in one is that the only way to go is up yeah that's not true actually I have been in some rock bottoms and managed to go further down <laughs> but do you know what I mean like but actually you can choose to that, that no that's that was terrible no you can the only way to once you've lost quite unquote everything you know or I didn't lose everything but you know once you feel mentally like you have mm. lost everything you know you can only get better and there's something almost quite freeing about that sort of acceptance and going okay I'm just gonna you know I I, I sometimes feel sorry for those people that have always had you know who claim to be normal and never to have had a bad experience you know they're the real weirdos but also the people that are kind of we always we always yearn to be the people at the top with the most followers and the prettiest hair and the best clothes and I'm like they have got so far to fall. Yeah. I mean they don't, but what yeah. I mean is if you base your life on all of that kind of stuff, yeah. it's all yeah. it just it, it's all it all easily goes, yeah. do you know what I mean? What's and you and you have to live in permanent fear that it is going to go or someone else is going to come along who's got more likes, who's got better clothes, you know, or, Yada yada, so um, a rock bottom is not a great place to be. But no, but you're so right. It's rock bottom is a way more powerful space than just being content or being in that mm. sort of you know not great place, but not awful. Because the awful place gives you the motivation to change. Right? Mm. It's like hey screw what everyone else is going to think of me going to therapy here this is so bad right now I'm desperate I, I have I'll do to anything. make a change people, I'll do anything people feel as if they've failed as well when they're in that rock bottom space I especially felt it for right. a long time when I was in my darkest times I felt like I was a massive failure mm. and I felt shamed I felt ashamed that I was in this space where I couldn't talk about it yes the stigma attached to mental mm. illness was there but it was like I failed in life and and, and knowing now what, what I know it's again like we talk about failure all the time it keeps coming up you're allowed to fail but it, also it's, it's perfect like if you for example I always think of it like I think the, the day that we've really like got rid of the stigma is when we just talk about health right we don't talk about mental health yeah, or physical yeah. health and like if one of us say our arm we broke our arm or we wouldn't or or I don't know the doctor said oh your eyesight's um, you're losing your eyesight you're going to need to get contact lenses you wouldn't be like oh my god yeah. <laughs> I'm such a failure you'd just be like oh that's what happens to bodies yeah. and I and I really think that sometimes you know actually if you think about you know when we get um, when we have mental illness we're like you f- it makes you feel like a freak that's how it works it lies to you basically because mm. you are not a freak and it makes you feel like you're the only person that's ever felt this way no one else is going to understand you and that's all bullshit um, and actually, you are the complete opposite of a freak. You're really normal. Because if you think of the statistics that we hear, one in four, da 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 da, you know, you're just a normal person whose brain is have is is kind of slightly have needing a bit of help. Yep. And that's not any more shameful than if you're, you know, you needed to have a stent put in your heart, or I don't know, like I'm trying a pair to pair of glasses, or a pair of glasses, or yeah. Obviously, it feels worse, but it's. You know, it is all it is all treatable. It mm. really is. It may not feel treatable. 
But it it's is. A, it's a physical ailment. In my opinion, it's a physical ailment, just the same as like having a pair of glasses when you grow up, because it's your, people think it's your brain, it's mental health, it's some sort of cosmos. It's your brain, it's an actual blood pumping thing in there that uh, contributes towards your thoughts, etc. There's And there's work you can do on it. And the prevention of mental health and the prevention of having better mental health is there. It's not saying build up a resilience to it. Mm. It's about an acceptance. It's about, look, we can have tools. We can do things that could help people along the way. And that's, obviously, there's so many people out there that have very, very bad mental health, schizophrenia, etc. Mm. Things that you can't necessarily meditate yourself out of. No. But but like in this current climate in the world that we live in with the bombardment of information, there are things that we can do to help people. Yeah. Even this conversation maybe can be the start. I'm sure, yeah. I hope. And I, I would actually go as far as to say that if you haven't done any work, if you haven't seen a therapist or a coach or some kind, then you may say you're fine and that, and you're, you could be fine, but there's no way your mind is operating at its best. I no always, way. But I always think you need, you, need, you need to go when you're fine, actually. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's that kind of thing, like you, the kind of exercise metaphor you, analogy you used earlier. You know, you have to keep it going. And it's, you know, I find it's, it's very easy to do work on yourself when you're in a bad place. It's really hard to do it when you're feeling just fine, of you know. Mm. And actually, that's probably that's the kind of base work level that keeps you. Like I instinctively, like yesterday, I was like, I don't want to go to an AA meeting. I'm fine. I'm not craving a drink. I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm like, so go. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I've realised that my brain is like, if I don't like, you know how like when you watch um, like movies and there's like a bomb disposal man and they're like, you gotta put. I'm not gonna do my American. Please do it. <laughs> you gotta put the the green wire and the red wire, but don't get them mixed up. I'm like, mine were mixed up at birth. So if I want to do something, I shouldn't do it. Like I really want to get fucked and take loads of cocaine and no, don't do that briny and if i don't want to do it like i don't want to go to rehab i don't want to go for, and run a marathon i should probably do it yeah wow that's so powerful i don't know why i just came up with that i've heard you talk about it before that you said that your mind your mind doesn't necessarily lead you to good places you, no you have to do a hell of a lot of things that your mind is saying no please no left to its own devices i would not be here right now like i would be in a bar like, if I didn't do any of that stuff, I would be, I don't know, I'd probably be dead. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. That's the truth. Yeah. Like I was, I've been thinking about that because I'm nearly 18 months sober. And I was like, oh, what? how different would the last 18 months have panned out if I hadn't stopped and I was like well A that's there's no point thinking about that because you did stop <laughs> but I don't I honestly don't think I would be here or I wouldn't be pretty and I certainly wouldn't have my career and you certainly wouldn't want to be inviting me here <laughs> to talk right now but I think that's what makes you an inspiration you know because it's hard right it's, it's much easier to follow your mind and say screw it I'm just gonna go and keep doing this stuff because it's it, that's the easiest path right the hard path is to say no, like I hear what you're saying, but actually I know what's good for me in a deeper place and I'm going to fight for that. But also I, you say that and I, I agree, but I also think actually whenever I think about <clears throat> what I'm doing is hard, you know, doing work on yourself as hard, I'm like, well, yeah, it's hard, but it's it's actually not as hard as the alternative. Actually, the easy stuff, the carrying on in that kind of stupor and the, and the not and the carrying on drinking for me was way harder like the alternative the waking up every morning with the demon of anxiety you know the elephant of anxiety you know crashing my windpipe 
that was harder than it being sober. Like yeah. being sober is a piece of fucking piss <laughs> yeah. as opposed to active alcoholism. I mean, yeah. that is fucking hard. But you know that now, but at the point, no, I was like, is, is, you know, your, your program just to keep going. Well, it's like, mm. I don't want to drink, but I can't stop. Exactly. But you can. Anyone, you can. But it's hard. If I can, right. anyone yeah, can. Not easy. No. <laughs> How bad did it get? What? What? Uh, give us an example. Well, it got bad enough that I ended up in rehab. I okay. So I I don't. It got. I always talk about that. I always qualify because I, you know, Adrian Childs has done a lot of work on heavy drinkers and yeah. saying how the term alcoholic is really unhelpful. I'm actually. Uh, I I don't think the term alcoholic is unhelpful. I think our perceptions of an alcoholic are really unhelpful. I was like, I can't be an alcoholic. I remember, I was like, I really want to get sober. A friend of mine who was sober literally frog-marched me to a rehab centre. I was like, I've made you an appointment with these people. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought we were just going for a coffee. <laughs> and he was, anyway, so I thought, I'll go in there. And I was sitting down and this man, he was like, asking questions. And then he was like, well, it sounds like you are an addict. I was like, what? <laughs> Me? I was like, I just ran a marathon. I've interviewed Prince Harry. I have a house in Clapham. And I had like a bugaboo. And I've got a child. I don't think you understand. My book went to number one on the Sunday Times. So I sellers list a couple of months ago. Mr. Rehab Man. He was like, I, I really couldn't give a shit about any of that. You're clearly an addict. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't live on a park bench. And I don't have like needles hanging mm. out of my arm. Um, you were basically idea. saying look at all the shiny stuff yeah. that's what counts screw what's inside and as we're <laughs> yeah. learning screw all the shiny stuff is what's but inside it was, it was the funny thing was, was that it was like at a time when I'd become this sort of accidental mental health campaigner through like writing about my own stuff and desperately wanting to meet other people like me who had this this form of OCD called Pure O and um and I and I wrote about it literally because I was desperate to meet other people like me, and I didn't. And I so I didn't. I was I wasn't like mm, I think I'm going to become a mental health campaigner. It wasn't as contrived as that. It became it all happened quite accidentally, and then I ended up writing the book, and then and then you know getting the, the doing the marathon with heads together and doing the Prince Harry thing, and then suddenly I was everyone's like, wow, she's this like mental health icon, and I was like going home every night and like. <gasps> like necking back the booze because I was like me I'm a piece of shit that the world revolves around you know like I was like (laughs) and I couldn't quite process this kind of sudden change but so in a way it kind of I think it sped it up a bit but you know I always say I wasn't I didn't drink every day I didn't drink during the day I was like very controlled I was like I don't drink spirits I don't drink wine I mean I did drink wine but towards the end I'd got it down to ale because I could drink loads of it And champagne, that was it. That was all I would drink. And I was very specific. And I thought because I was controlled, I wasn't an alcoholic. And I was like, I would wait till my daughter was asleep. And I never, I didn't really go out. This all happened in the house. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just, I'm winding, Mm. you know. And, um, but. How many ales would you have a night? Eight, nine pints. See, yeah, on, on, for, for me, that doesn't seem that horrendous. But that is actually a lot of volume of and a lot of units. Well, I couldn't. I, it was. Night. I could drink more of it, you know. Whereas if I was drinking, like, it, but it was. Were you getting hammered? Well, yeah, I didn't. I I never not got hammered. Like I I never I never until recently I didn't know that there were people that had a drink and they. I just I just assumed everyone blacked out. No. Oh, yeah. So I I never drank like. Uh, like my husband used to say to me, "Why can't you just have one?" And I'm like, "Why can't you just fuck off?" <laughs> like the thought of having one, still, I'm like, "No thanks." Like if you, my mum's gonna love this bit, you, by the way. She's like, "Yeah, let me have my wine." If you, if you came to me now and were like, "Oh my god, scientists have come up with this magic uh, medication, and if you take it, you'll only want to have one or two drinks," I'd be like, "No thanks." <laughs> I'm okay. No, I don't. I'd ra- I'd rather would- have none. I'd rather be as I am. Like if I make a conscious decision to pick up a drink today or tomorrow or whatever it will be a fucking oblivion I'm going for I'm not going for one or two and a little slightly tipsy feeling I'm like but get on it what you're saying I think a lot of people do without even realising like you Mm. you said that you didn't think you were an addict or 
or in your eyes of what society calls a junkie or anything mm. like that. And I think you possibly resonate with a lot of people. Well, I was, I'm thinking right now, <laughs> I shouldn't I was, have had those no, two bottles of wine. Remember when we, we, uh, Davina was our first guest on, 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 yeah. on the podcast. She, she talked about um, heroin. She's sober, yeah. But she, she said that her justification when she was doing it is that she was never injecting. Mm. And she'd be looking around going, well, I'm not like those people, so I'm not really doing it like that because I'm not injecting. And that was her kind of level of... You know, I'm different. Yeah. And that was her justification. And now she looks back and she thinks, well, of course, you know, it's different. Mm. I remember in my 20s, I I took a lot of cocaine in my 20s. But again, I wouldn't take it during the day. And I took it like probably four, like every time I went out, I took it. And I loved it because it enabled me to drink more. But then um, I remember, I do remember about, I think I must have been about 28, 29. And my mum coming around and she was scheduled to come around and I'd gone on a thing and I do remember saying to her mum I, I really think I need help and um but you know again it was like no you don't you're a successful journalist yeah. and you're, you've just had a, the shiny you've stuff. had a few you've had a few sherries and you're like god and I think back and thinking oh my god that could have happened you know and so the stuff that happened to me 99% of the time the consequences were mostly just in my head and the anxiety was like off the scale because alcohol is like the most effective thing we have, isn't it? To, it's like it's the only thing we're taught really as well. It's like a coping mechanism for life. It's like go to the pub, yeah. um, and it's really remarkably effective immediately. But the problem is, all it really does is like put off yeah. the. Um, you know put off the feeling until the next day when it comes back with interest it's a quick fix isn't it yeah and then it's like you're borrow you're borrowing the sense of peace from but then it, delaying then, but then it's like here you go uh, you're gonna have to feel it anyway so i don't know like i i, I think if i i'm not by any means like <laughs> i don't think oh everyone shouldn't drink but i think if you have mental health issues like i i people i really really would advise just don't do it mm. i know it seems like the easy thing and it seems like but it makes it so much worse and mm. i and i and and i would say that you know a lot of my anxiety stuff has you know my day-to-day -day life is so much easier you know and more manageable and it's not to say i don't get crashing depressions i do and i have done but i can also sort of right size them I mean, it's very difficult to right-size a massive depression, but I can also kind of breathe in and go, it's okay, it's okay, you felt this before, Briny. do you know what I mean? And this, it does feel like it's going to go on forever, but it isn't, you know? So just sit with it and don't try and stop it, because that's the whole thing. We, t we, t we try and stop, you know, we teach kids, don't we, about happy ever afters. And I'm like, no, we need to teach kids how to be sad, mm. because it's going to happen. Yeah. And, yeah. and... And actually, the not sitting with the feelings. I'm like, that's my superpower. Yeah. I wish the Avengers <laughs> would invite me. I'm like, what's your superpower? It's a lot of people's, right? Yeah. Exactly, that's where I was. But you, that, that, this voice in your head, and this sounds like it was quite a big, this was a big thing for you. And you're, the, the alcohol perhaps really tames mm. the voice in your head. But you've, you've, you've clearly managed to change that conversation you have in your, your head because that's, that's been a that was a major part of the problem, right? The mm. alcohol quietened the voice in your head or allowed it to have a different conversation. Mm. But that was a, a big reason for you wanting to drink. Was that right? And have yeah, you managed I, to change I, the conversation? I had, yeah, I had, like, yeah, I had really bad obsessive compulsive disorder. It was incredibly violent, intrusive, horrible thoughts. And, um, that were just really horrible to you. They were really disturbing. So sexual, violent, um, and, you know, and so it was... Um, it's just the type of OCD that people don't really talk about. Um, so I describe OCD as your brain refusing to acknowledge what your eye can see. And so it's like, for example, that your hands are clean or that the oven is off or that the door is shut. Like, it's your brain's like, no, what if, what if, what if? And it keeps tripping over it. And the pure O is like that, but with thoughts. And so, for example, we all have intrusive thoughts. We all have hundreds of thousands of thoughts every day. We've all had that thought of what if someone hands us their baby and we just like throw the baby on the floor. But most people go, of course, I'm not going to do that. That's just the randomness of my brain. But someone with pure O will become really, really fucking disturbed by them and will do as much as they can possibly in their heads to prove that they are not that thought. And it can be really distressing. So it's kind of the importance you attach to the thought. So, and I had all sorts of, you know, I thought I would, 
I from the at quite a young age, I thought I was like a serial killing paedophile. I'm not, by the way. Just saying. Well, I would say that, wouldn't I? <laughs> um, and I'd never heard people spoke about OCD, and I assumed it was the kind of. And I'd had the cleanliness thing. I'd had that. I'd. I'd. Well, that was like my first experience of OCD. So I kind of knew that. But I. And I remember when I first read about this type, I was like, oh, my God. But the menacing thing about OCD is it it kind of questions and it sort of says, they call it the doubting disease. You're like, what if I don't have OCD? What if I'm a master criminal using this as an excuse to cover up for my serial killing paedophilia? I couldn't even say the word paedophile until about five years ago because Because I thought that saying it would make me it Mm. and I used to have to say like phrases the whole time to keep my like family alive and if I saw a bad word in a newspaper I would have to put in my head like mentally impose never not on it and then I'd have to look for like positive things and I could you know it's like it was an awful lot of um, but so, so yeah, it was quite exhausting. And so, you know, and then, you know, someone goes, oh, here's a bucket of booze. And you're like, woohoo, I don't care about that voice is shut up. But, yes. you know, the thing is, the next day, it's even worse. Of course. Because it's like, I want more booze. I want more booze. You know, or I want, it's it's just, it's yeah. So, I, so it was, you know, this is why I'm so passionate about talking about mental health. Because so many mental illnesses are treatable. You know, a lot are really difficult, you know, as we talk, you know, psychosis, schizophrenia and all that, but they're, they're, they're treatable. And the problem is, is when they don't get treated, they kind of spiral out of control and turn into bigger things. It's like if you, one of us in this room got a diabetes type 2 diagnosis and then started taking the medication, started eating well, started exercise, you know what I mean? You probably live a reasonably long and healthy life, but if we didn't, we'd probably end up with a foot being amputated. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. And yeah. It's the same with mental illness. Like I had OCD when I was 12 and it spiraled into so many different ways because it wasn't treated because most weren't. It's not like I'm blaming anyone. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, and I know, I'm pretty sure the alcoholism was a result of that. Course. Um, so you know, it's we our prisons are full of people that didn't get the help they needed as kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Addiction oh. is all. So it's so important we talk about this stuff. Completely, absolutely. You've never done anything wrong. You had this voice shouting at you. Well, I've you, done a few things. No, but, wrong. but okay, of course, we've all, we've, all, <laughs> we've all done things wrong. You know, all of us have. But what I'm saying is, you grew up normally, living your life, and mm. you had this voice. You had no idea of comparing it to anyone else, whether it was going on in Matt's head or my voice. You just thought it was normal, and it was leading you into this very tricky situation of all well, sorts of things just you never asked for. I thought I was a bad person. Well, then until that doesn't really help recently, either. recently I was a bad person, a bad person, mm. bad, until I got sober, really. And then, but a bad person purely because of the voice that you heard in your head. Yeah, You're like, this but is also me. because it did make, because I would, to shut it up, take yeah. a load of drugs and alcohol yeah. and do yeah. things that were not ideal. Yeah. And, you know, um, but I remember my husband saying to me, Brian, you're not a bad person. You're just a person who sometimes does bad things. Yeah. And it's like, we are going back to uh, the Avengers again, we don't live in the Marvel universe. I mean, more's the pity. But, you know, there are not goodies and baddies, superheroes <laughs> and villains. And, you know, it's like we're all a bit of everything. And and it's, you know, and I I think that, that kind of temptation to kind of flat self-flagellate is it's so unhelpful it's like kicking yourself when you're down you know mm. you're not you're not helping yourself to get back up no you're just giving yourself a little escape from but that's it. taken me a long time to you know i'm 38 and it's only really in the last year that i've started to kind of be kind to myself mm. um, so is that what the major difference in your voice now is that yeah. you've learned i'm going to try and have a more positive or a nicer conversation with this voice that's talking to me and I'm going to try and appease it a little bit mm. rather than listen to it and be, get scared or frustrated or angry about it let's mm. try and talk to it nicely is that what, what well I kind of ignore him now right. I'm just like yeah whatever so I call him Jareth the Goblin King okay <laughs> <laughs> what was that again La- Jareth the Goblin that's King that's amazing you know David Bowie in, in, ja- in Labyrinth because he's kind of <laughs> yeah. evil but ever so slightly enticing that's what I think mental illness Best is crotch oh. in any film okay. yeah all that as well but I uh, but so but Jarris was very loud but now he's still there like he's always going to be there but he's sort of like he's I I give him less importance it's a bit like 
I don't listen to take that as much as I did when I was 12. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's they're still there. I can still sing a lot of the songs off my heart. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I wish I could listen to them more. But it's that kind of, you know, I, 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 can, I have the kind of capacity to go, all right, hi. You've just learned to manage it differently. Yeah, it was a, co- it was a really shit coping mechanism, you know. And I'm trying to be kind to little Briley. I'm trying to think of myself as like fa- of my daughter's age. Yeah. And I'm like, what would you say to her? Yeah. And also, like, I think a lot of us do this. Some of the things I say to myself, I would not say to my worst enemies. Oh, I'd be in jail if, if anybody could hear what I yeah. sometimes I hate say to speech. myself. You hate speech. You would be blocked. Completely. I would be you blocked would block. all social media. <laughs> it's, it's horrific. And as well, the, 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 the lying in bed uh, treating yourself to the worst movie, mm-hmm. and the most scariest movie of all time, all these horrific thoughts that you try and process, especially with anxiety and all mm. these worries. You know, I, I wish I said this to that person, or what can I do? And then worst case scenario for mm. all of those things. It's, just, it's, it's absolute <laughs> punishment. We really do all do it though and yeah. I think that's a really calming thing I mean obviously it doesn't give me comfort that other people feel that way but I was on the phone to my a friend of mine this morning and she was talking about she was talking about I wish I wouldn't give people the keys to my heart and I'm so reliant on them for the you know for, for validation and I'm like I wish I didn't do that too, but sadly, I've just been down the key cutters and I've got 300 sets made and I'm just handing them out to people all left, right and centre. And I'm like, and then, you know, it's that thing of like, oh, someone sent me a message. I've sent someone a message on WhatsApp and it's a blue tick, but they've not replied. And I'm like, oh my God, I've done something wrong and I don't know what it is, but I know I've done something wrong. Maybe they've read this thought in my head where I once thought badly of them. They know it, they know, they know, that's it. It's over, our friendship's over. We do know. <laughs> it's just, you know, we all go to those kind of bonkers places. Yeah. So therefore you have to make a conscious effort and a decision to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Mm. Like, what's, no, your, like, what's your thing? Well, like I say, probably, probably, probably they're just busy and you, you're not a nasty person, you know, and I think that that's the, like also I do it a lot with work. I'm like, I can't believe that a piece of work is good until someone else has told me it has. You know, it's very kind of school. Yeah. Uh, and I had it recently, this book I'd just finished, uh, where I was like, they hate it, they haven't got back to me yet. I, mean, I had to read it, obviously, first. You know, like I'd literally just <laughs> said. <laughs> and um, and, uh, and I was like, they're going to hate it. And then I had to catch myself. I was like, Brian, you've worked as hard as you can on it. And it, it, it's so it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, it does matter, obviously. But I, I just try and be, I try not to say things like, do you know what the other things like compliments like I try and take compliments I try not to kind of spit on them stamp on them and turn them into insults so like oh I like your dress oh no my bingo wig show or you know or 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 do down achievements where people go oh my god you're really good at um I don't know I'm trying to think of something I'm good at I'm good at loads of things just me trying to be nice talking talking oh well I'm just this you know or like run oh, you can run like for example the marathon like I've yeah. run two marathons and and people go oh my god that's amazing I'm like yeah but I ran them so slowly <laughs> like I run slower than, yeah. than I walk and it's like just own it. We, we, we absolutely all do this yeah. I think it's yeah. a British thing maybe the world do it I'm not sure no but more the, only no more just yeah oh you no. know, it's just it's just yeah. this from Matalan or something you know. <laughs> you're like that's a really it's nice top actually oh, it's from actually, Prada it's, it's from the sale it's from the sale <laughs> yeah. like so you know what I mean yeah. you look good no no I'm disgusting <laughs> I, I, I did a load of work when I worked with a coach she she would throw compliments at me and I had to sit there and look her in the eye and go thank you very much yeah for me that was arrogant I was like yeah I'm agreeing you. you're telling me I'm good and I'm like yeah I am too right and that was the, hard the biggest I, insult you could ever give somebody when you were younger was you, you love yourself love yourself yeah. love yourself didn't you mate it's oh, he really loves interesting himself. I, yes do you know yeah. who you have to get on this How podcast bad. body posy panda this amazing girl on woman on in, on, on the internet <laughs> on, the on the internet she's on the internet <laughs> she's got like a million followers I've she's in recovery her. from anorexia <laughs> but she um She's so inspiring to uh, to follow because she talks a lot about self-acceptance. And um, she made this post the other day, which is why, why if you accept your body, are you seen as 
is it's seen as not looking after it. So, for example, me saying, oh, I'm accepting my body and, and people are like, well, you're fat, you're going to get diabetes. I'm like, I pay quite a lot of tax. What the fuck is it to you? I'll pay for my diabetes with my tax. Thank you. If I have it, I don't have it. But here's the thing, like the, accepting your body is seen as yeah. not liking it. Like, and, and the thing, like looking after yourself is basically hating yourself into some other body shape but the problem in like wanting to look different is that you're never going to look different because you're you so it doesn't matter how much weight you lose or how curvy you make your bum or what filter you put on yourself like you're still you so you may as well and also here's the thing i've got quite into this (laughs) we are all a miracle like the fact that we exist is fucking miraculous like there's like a one in 29 297 trillion chance that any of us exist Mm -hmm. like first of all your parents have to me and they have to get it on and then if your dad had come like five seconds earlier or five seconds later you would be a completely different person right and then he does come and there's like a million sperm right and they're all fighting it out go on gary in your mum's (laughs) stuff and there's like the acids (laughs) acids, liz's acids are trying to kill all of the sperm it's quite the race all of your dad's sperm what's your dad called chris chris chris's sperm (laughs) right and I'm they are trying they're trying to do it and then they're having to like go the distance of like is the, there music playing the equivalent of <laughs> the equivalent of an iron man for the sperm they're having to go and do that yeah. right and then they get to the tubes and they're like do i go left or do i go right it's a 50 Fork 50 chance but there may not be an egg in it either because let's there's only an egg a, a tube for one calendar day of each month so then they they do take the right tube and there happens to be an egg there they get there and then there's these like things sticking outside the tubes pushing the sperm back and then pushing the egg away and then if they manage to get past that if, if Chris's sperm manages to get past go on egg, Chris and you need it I'm here so he did he did it he gets to Liz's oh. egg and then to <laughs> top it all off there are white blood cells in front of the egg guarding it like nightclub bouncers like you ain't coming in right so imagine it gets to it and then the pregnancy takes no idea and then (laughs) and then and then you know and everything goes well and your body functions like it's a fucking miracle like the universe wants you to be here it doesn't want you to look like kim kardashian or Brad Pitt, or and you, you know, you look better, both of you. Um, it wants you to look like you, so like, let's stop hating on ourselves. I'll shut up now. Wow. No, that's a wonderful. I, I want to give that a round that of applause. That was the biology lesson I never that's, listened to. I never knew how it worked before. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some biologists listening. Mummy told me there were storks. <laughs> uh, no, but it is. I, I, that's one of my biggest things recently too. Whenever I talk to somebody, if I go and do a talk in schools, I'm like, kids. It's you're a miracle. Mm. It's an incredible thing what you got in between your ears there, your brain and how it functions mm. and what you do and how your your skin heals when it cuts and mm. all the things and all the natural things your body does with different temperatures. It's just an absolute miracle. So protect it. Yeah. Don't throw it away. Also, Look after it. Be now, kind to it. Uh, filters. Like so people I saw this thing the other day, which was some face mask that everyone loves, and they had testimonials. I was this one testimonial and it was a woman saying this was on Instagram and she was saying I used to have all these pores and I, then I used this face mask and now I don't have pores and I was like no you do <laughs> if you didn't have pores and this is the thing that thing of oh my god I got a pore I must like filter it out it's like if you didn't have pores you you would, would... look like a giant inf- grotesque inflatable <laughs> water balloon like pores regulate our temperature they stop us from dying basically they're one of the many things in our body so why why the fuck are you filtering, photoshopping them out? Like, stop it. Just stop oh. it. You look weird without pores. You would look even weirder with actually without them. So you're not even real. It's well like when, when people go on about, oh, they photoshopped out their arm or something. I'm like, you're, you're photoshopping out, like, you know. Your realness. Yeah. Oh, Can we talk see. about that as well? Because the vulnerability, this realness, we, you know, we've established really that vulnerability is real, right? It's being real. You know, all the things you just said, it's a, we're all, we're, none of us are perfect. We've all got imperfections all the way through. So vulnerability is about being real and this is me and I'm not perfect and that's perfectly cool. And I get the sense that this has been your revolution. It's like, hey, everyone, this is me, Bryony. I'm not perfect. Check me out anyway. 
and we'll all have a great time. No problems. If you don't like it, that's okay too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it, why? It, like me, like me. Please love no, but I it still, feels like this is that's been your liberate. It's been the most liberating I, experience I, for you. I is that fair to say? I spent most of my life, like, uh, like if when I so this is the whole premise of this book I've written called "You've Got This," which is out on the May the second. Oh, I love "You've Got This" for teenage. We'll it's, for, it's for teenage <laughs> girls. <laughs> 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 but it's all about like if you had asked me when I was twelve, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like I had a million answers. Like oh, I want to play for Arsenal. I'll be an astronaut. Da, da, da. But <laughs> essentially, all of them were like, I just wanted to be a little bit less like me because we're always taught we're taught to aspire to be someone else, right? Yeah, and like. Then, when I got to my late 30s, where I am now, I realised that all of the things that I was most successful at, funnily enough, were being me. Yeah, of course. You know, so like my books. You know, yeah. Yes. And I hate the word authentic, don't you? Because oh. it sounds so. It, I like it at the moment. It's, it's at the moment. It really serves me authenticity. <laughs> only now have I recently gone. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast about something I care about, and this is all the things I've learned coming together. Yeah. It's the easiest and most wonderful thing. But it's so being Genuine. you is like recently. Do you remember they put they the co- editor editor of Cosmopolitan magazine put Tess Holiday, the plus size model, yeah. on the cover. Yeah, she's 26. She's gorgeous. But she's big. You know. And there was this whole whole hoo-ha by the people that call young people snowflakes and, oh, this is promoting obesity. Like, it was as if they were saying... And I got into an argument with someone or other on Twitter and they were like, if my daughter said that they wanted to look like Tess Holiday, I'd be as upset as if they told me they wanted to look like Kate Moss or whatever. And I was like, no, the whole point of putting Tess Holiday on the cover is so that your daughter doesn't want to look like anyone. So that your daughter's just like, oh, look, bodies all look completely different. I think I'm fine with mine. Mm, (laughs) You know, this idea that we all have to somehow, like, build little chrysalises for ourselves and do you know what I mean go from being these kind of stumpy caterpillars and come out as butterflies and then I'm like fuck I came out as this really shit moth do you know what I mean and like it's, <laughs> and it's it's like it's so it's like you don't have to you don't have to be you, you don't have to grow into anything just be you and I do think that's really important and I think most of the problems we come up against in life come from trying to be different Trying not to, try to be true, oh. true to ourselves, and it sounds so cheesy. No, it's right, but oh. it's really the only way forward. You completely yeah. wow! I absolutely love that. It's amazing. Do you know? And the, the thing that comes to my head is that you know I was I was got myself in quite good shape through needing validation. You know, even even in my in my twenties, and even then I still wasn't happy because you meet someone who's a bit better than you, and it's like, well, they're better well, than this me. This is the thing you'll never, never be. winning. I used to be never tiny, win. believe it or not, and I look back at pictures of me and I like you were super fucking hot. Like I had like huge boobs, tiny waist. Like I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, I'm such a fuckwit, right? And I look back and I'm like, oh, I mean, but I don't, I now don't go, oh, but you're, I don't go, oh, you know, like it doesn't matter. And the other thing is, it's like, yeah, don't wait until you're older to see how beautiful you are right now. You know, because I will look back on me now, even though I'm like a size 16 to 18 one day, and I'll be like, God, I was gorgeous, you know? <laughs> and, you know, there's always, so it's just like, just don't, just, I am who I am right now, and I'm supposed to be this person. And if you don't like it, don't look at it. I'm not, I'm not forcing you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and my husband li- has to, obviously. <laughs> but, <laughs> but how liberating is it to live like that? so liberating you've got freedom literally literally liberating to not care like me and Jada did did you do the marathon last year I didn't no lazy I fucked myself (laughs) the year before (laughs) well I did it the year before as well Uh, well I've done three in total alright okay fine I've only done two we did it we did it in our underwear underwear I'm trying to mock I'm trying to I'm trying to become a bit Welsh that was more northern but never mind (laughs) American (laughs) like Emmerdale or Archock underwear Yorkshire South Yorkshire South Yorkshire Uh, so you did it in your underwear didn't you I remember this and it was so much better it was so liberating like I realised actually I feel much more comfortable in my underwear my underwear than I do <laughs> if you have if you like try and zip me into a frock and put on some high heels and make me put on loads of makeup mm. and then I'm uncomfortable well I did the marathon in a frock with high heels <laughs> and loads of makeup so there that's this year that's this yeah. year are you going to do another one 
Um, I, not doing it this year. What we are doing, which literally we found out about today, well, it's all been confirmed today, is there's something called the Vitality London 10K. When is this going out? Uh, next week. Uh, <laughs> something called the Vitality London 10K. And Jada, so I did it. I did the marathon with this lovely, amazing plus size model called Jada Cesar, um, who's also an ambassador for Young Minds. Um, and she's like one of my bezers. And we are going to do the Vitality London 10K in her underwear with, we're hoping to get up to 400 women to come and do it with wow. us in their underwear wow. and a mass celebration of body positivity. Yeah. And if you sign up, and so that we'll, everything will be going live on March the 12th, I think, through our like, in, you can go to the Instagrams. Um, and you'll get, you know, you'll get a 10, 10 weeks to 10K plan so that you can like, oh. so even if you have never run before, you will be fine. Yes. You know, um, and it's all about, it's all about kind of, you know, a celebration of moving our bodies around, our fabulous yeah. fucking bodies and seeing the textures and, and all being safe in a community together on a sunny day, hopefully in London. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Wow. That sounds oh, incredible. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would invite you two to do well, it. I was going to say, I want to be there. How can we, can we, well, you know. We well, could just enter to do it and just, just sort of run <laughs> alongside yeah. us. Okay. Okay. We did Check think about should we include men? And then we thought we wanted, <laughs> because obviously all men are predatory. Uh, we wanted every. No, but we, <laughs> not, that's a joke. We wanted the women to feel kind of. It's, you know what I mean? It's like an act of. Well, one step at yes, a time. Of maybe yeah. at some point we can all do this together. Next, you yeah, maybe the marathon next year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what they were like because the people that run the Vitality London 10K, they run the London Marathon. And they were like, and the next year we can have a big team. I'm like, no, steady I'm just, on. Just like, please stop trying to make me run marathons. <laughs> they're very, they're tiring. Have you done one? No, thank you. <laughs> I'm fine. They're really knackering. <laughs> they're really. Ter- terribly tired, and they do take a lot out of you. Completely, this is why I've never done one. Well, they're I, great. Um, look, my, my, I think one of my worst physical experiences of my entire life was in 2017 when I I tore my Achilles heel on mile 12, <laughs> and then Sorry, wanted to finish. I did it in seven and a half hours, oh, limping. Oh, you absolute I, legend! I'm still not that right. We've talked about this before. I should have just pulled out, but that weirdly yeah. was like a test of my mental that health one, and all the stuff. That, that was horrific. That one, that mar- that year with the heads together as the kind of official. Yeah, that was special. Seriously special. Yeah. I, I remember finishing and being like, I can't believe I've done that. Yeah. And then I went to um, the heads together you know party at, uh which was on the mall afterwards yes. and which i missed i was still running <laughs> <laughs> part of me still is running now <laughs> you're still actually <laughs> on part of the um, because you did it did you do it from head i did it for macmillan and heads together, together. So, yeah yeah um but i got there and then um i was like i can't believe i've done it and i was like i want a beer give me beer um and then someone came up to me and was like oh there's someone on the phone who wants to speak to you and i was like i looked at the phone and i saw the name and i didn't recognize it i was like look i'm really sorry but i've just run a marathon i don't know if you've mentioned i've mentioned this and i really want to have a beer and a thing of pasta and they were like speak to this person and i took the phone and it was prince harry Oh, nice. And wow. he was like, because we'd done the podcast the yes, weekend, the week wow. come out the weekend before. And he yeah. was, but he, I, ha, I hadn't done it quick enough to get my medal from him. They'd left a long <laughs> time. <laughs> People were sweeping up behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine Kelly shot past me. <laughs> the, the guy that did it in the deep sea diving outfit yeah, finished yeah, before it me. It took us this year, Jada and I, it was like the hottest one on record. Oh, and yeah. it was hideous. Yeah. And, and we were like... At least you're in your underwear. We kept, Well, I know, <laughs> yeah. but we were like uh, completely like frazzled. And then oh. we kept on being stopped for photographs. And about halfway around, I was like, Jada, we may as well just sit down and have a picnic lunch. I, I, I actually, I, I haven't told anybody this. I actually had a pint with me because I stopped. And the guy was like, mate, you should just stop. You can't, you, you know, you okay? Is there anything I can do? And he had a fresh pint and I went, can I have that? Actually, that's because it would have killed the pain a bit. A little bit. And I just necked it. And I, just them going, oh my god he just necked it but go on son give me a little bit of more energy to go down the embankment which was the longest by that point you're like oh i can't put into words it was it's disgusting but 
the togetherness of a marathon, especially mm. the London Marathon, is just the, the most magical. It's a special. Day. It really is. Yeah. It's an amazing thing, and and yeah. I think we need that more often than 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 usual than normal. Now we need this people, sense of togetherness. People mm. shout your name because yeah. you've got it on your t-shirt, and they give you Haribo. I'm like, what's not to love? <laughs> like when I got to that, I was like mile twenty one. I was like, I can't, will there ever be a time I'm not running this marathon? <laughs> and I had to kind of pull myself together and be like, Briley, you've been worth through far worse things and actually like running a marathon is a piece of piss compared to the days when you can't get out of bed at all yeah Yeah. do you know what i mean so that was was the first time i did one was purely because it was in 2009 10 years ago when i went through my terrible time Mm. um i did the 2010 london marathon it was one of the first thing out of this smoggy haze that Mm. i went i've got to do something like that and I did it for mind, and that was my. And then, mm. of course, I had to train for it, and then started training, and then the endorphins came. And really when I was on that marathon, I w- I could, all the thoughts and all the things were rushing through me. I cried like a baby at the end, mm. but it was that was that was your purpose. That, that was my absolute purpose. But also, I think people that have had mental health issues make brilliant men- uh, marathon runners because you're demon wrestling the mm. whole time, and you're you know it is a lot of. I mean, people say, oh you know it's really a mental thing I'm like well yeah but you still wouldn't want to turn up having done no training at all <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. that, but it is but it is like okay you've just got to kind of keep it's amazing and but also the structure to that training plan where mm. each week you do a bit more than your you thought your body could the week before and it's like yep. wow and I remember when this. I did like 10k being like I'm felt like Mo Farah and then it struck me that I was going to have to do like that times four yeah. do you know what I mean and I, and I was like oh fuck but then by the time the marathon rolled around I remember doing my 20 mile run and being like oh I just got another 10k on top of that and yeah. like whoa I know it's an incredible thing how your brain thing. shifts over that quite short period of time really yeah getting out of your comfort zone pushing yourself to new places yeah it's not good. being it's... afraid to fail absolutely it comes yeah. back to our same messages doesn't it yeah every time I and you don't really ever hours. fail you don't, of course you're not. Like, what is no, failure, really? You're learning. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We talk about this all the time. Is like It seems so definitive. Like It's an end when you fail. Oh, I failed. It's like, that's not the end. It's like a part of the journey or whatever. It's you, the beginning. It's, it's just, yeah, it's like mm. a bit of a cul-de-sac. Go off and try again. You <laughs> learn from it. And then towards, you, you can find your goal. Or maybe your goal isn't actually what you were looking for. Maybe the actual process is the thing that excites you anyway. And, and yeah, and being present and getting amongst it as it was should we ask Brian our question we haven't done that for a couple of weeks have we no we haven't should we get back to it also I wanted to ask Brian at the very beginning how how was she and then really I don't know really how are you but we've missed that haven't we yeah <laughs> we have been talking now. Pro- probably edit that bit we out. have been talking have we recorded? now I think this for is six and a half hours <laughs> 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 yeah, oh are we recording we, we, that was a great rehearsal <laughs> <laughs> well done now we'll, we'll cook this one people always people always say to me with the podcast they're like it won't take long don't worry it won't take up much of your time I'm like no you don't understand <laughs> I have to rip this microphone off me once I start talking it's very difficult to stop luckily very, you're very good at it and very entertaining yeah and um, it's very easy you. for us then we could just sit here and go yeah, wow good little snooze there. Um, yeah. but we do finish with one question yes. um, with everybody um, if you could take yourself back to a moment when you were in your your darkest times shall mm-hmm. we say and if you could have a little word with your younger self what would you say Oh, what would I say? If I could... Uh, oh, mm, that's a really good question. I think I'd, I'd tell myself all the things that I was going to achieve, not despite my madness, but because of it. I look back to like bright 12-year-old me when I first got... Oh, I don't know what I'd say. I'd say, you're just going to... You're going to... You know, you're going to go through some stuff, but it's all going to be okay. And it doesn't matter what I tell you now, because you ain't going to fucking listen. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, right. Who who is this freak that's come to visit me from the future where there's flying cars (laughs) and people always look at their screens and all of that? (laughs) Um, You know, I don't... I think think if I was to 
again, just a simple question. And I'm like, um, I think what I would really like to say to 12 year old me when I first got ill was I'd really like to tell her that that I had a mental illness, go to the doctor and go and get it treated and scream and shout and do not stop until you get proper treatment for this. That's what I'd say. But then I wouldn't have ended up doing all the things I've done now. Such a good point, isn't it? I think what you said at the beginning was so lovely. You said all the things you're going to achieve not because of it, mm. or not not in spite of it, but because of it. Mm. It's amazing. There's been a massive part of your journey, mm. all the challenges journey. that you've had. I know, I can't help it. If somebody's playing journey klaxon drinking games at the moment, <laughs> they're going to be shit Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> I think maybe our parents will be after the sex talk. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 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 Bryony, yes. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks on. for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, I've loved it, Bryony. Anytime. Amazing. How long have we been talking for? Seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks for having Thank me. You, Bryony, you're a star. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, honestly, she's incredible, right? Oh, ben, I, I, it's so incredible. Like I just, I, I really just sat back and enjoyed everything she said. She had me laughing. But she, she's so brutally honest and just. You just see her, don't you? We we use this language. We you see her. Yeah. There's no bullshit. You know. There definitely isn't any bullshit. I I just think that God, if I ever if I ever have a daughter, I want her to listen to Bryony. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's that's just being happy with who you are, understanding that it's it is magic how we are here. It's incredible. It's a miracle how we're all here. And I love her explanation of how we got here. Um, I and and she's an inspiration. She's inspired Imogen as well. Our producer on this. Hello, Imogen. You're back. Hello. Hi there. Oh, she's inspired you too, isn't she? Yeah. I'm gonna do the naked run. Oh, I love that at the end. Incredible. Gonna You're gonna do it. It's not naked. All right. I'm not naked. In the underwear. <laughs> Steady on. That's, that's in a couple of years' time. Let them, let, them, let them start off first. When it, when it becomes like an ultra marathon, nude. I you know, see you, Bryony, and I'm raising you. I raise you! <laughs> Bare bottom. Uh, no, uh, she's an inspiration, right? Yeah, she? absolutely. I think she's incredible. And although it terrifies me, and I've always had kind of body image stuff in the past. I think it will be good to do, and you should do stuff that scares you. Oh, ah, God. See? Hey? Yeah. If we've but, helped one person today, yeah. it's Imogen to our left. And, and I just think, you're right. Face your fears. Mm. Become your authentic self. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that, Bryony. But that's, that's my point. Women, men around the country could do with listening to somebody like that. Mm. You know, it, it hasn't been easy for her, has it? No. That, that you hear the stories, you know, she went, that was tough. You know, she's from since the age of 12, she's had a horrible voice shouting mm. at her to do stuff that wasn't good for her. And she didn't want to hear it and she couldn't help it. You know, that was hard. She's had to she's had to dig deep and she's had to face some challenges, you know, and, and to see her thriving and living the way she does with this liberty and freedom because she's accepted that she's not perfect. Yeah. That's that for me is inspiring. I just think this is why we're doing this podcast, to meet people like her, to be lucky and fortunate, to be sitting in the same room, having a chat, um, singing off the same same, <laughs> singing off the same hymn sheet, all the stuff. But I learned something, and, and, and I hope you did at home, um, or wherever you are listening to this. And it's more to come next week, isn't there? Sure of course. Is. It's a weekly thing, Ben. Keep them rolling. Oh, they, we are so treat. lucky. It really is a treat. Thank goodness for this podcast because everything else in television is a bloody shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening. If you do like this, leave a comment. If you've got a question for us, leave it in the comments box on on the, on the iTunes thing. Yeah. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, on iTunes, Acast. and Acast. And you can go onto our Twitter, which is TMP Podcast. Yeah, you've learned it. I've learned it now. Yeah, nice. I've been on the Twitter a lot recently, <laughs> uh, blocking people mainly. And you can go onto our Instagram, which is at the Naked Professors. Yes. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, everyone, so much. We love, we love all the support. It means a lot. Thank you. We've been our true, authentic selves, <laughs> and it feels good. <laughs> Speak to you next week. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 